0: Today's reading comes from Psalms 62, verses 1 through 12. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man? To batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position, Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up, they are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his work.
1: Thank you, Kathleen. I invite you guys to pray with me as we jump into today's message. Heavenly Father, you're a good God. And as we continue to work through this sermon series, Operation Refresh, looking at our lives and what you've been doing through us and the opportunity you are offering us to refresh. Lord, I pray that you continue to speak, you continue to work. In your name we pray, Amen. Well, it's good to be back with you guys again. Again, we technically were in town last Sunday. We got in around 1 a.m. I had delusions of grandeur that I would be awake and ready to go for Sunday services. Uh, God changed that a little bit. Uh, I think I got to sleep at 5.30 that morning. So I'm glad that I had the break in case of emergency sermon (laughs) uh, set up. Uh, And we don't have any roosters here. So hopefully a little less distracting than it was then. But we are in a sermon series called Operation Refresh. And we've been looking at different aspects of our lives that need to be refreshed after a season right the last 18 months that has been somewhat draining and so we've looked at how we refresh our minds we've looked at how we refresh our spirituality And, and today we're going to be talking about how we refresh our emotions and what role god has in that and just to start off, I am not going to solve all of the emotional challenges and stressors today. Uh, they are complex. Uh, they take years and years and years to develop, and they will take years and years and years to learn how to cope with and how to find healthy rhythms of life in. And so sometimes Christians can get into that mindset, well, I, I just need more of the Bible. And if I just read the Bible more, if I just pray more, it's going to solve all of my emotional challenges. And while I think all of us should read the Bible more, all of us should pray more, things like seeing a counselor, things like finding healthy life, these are all going to be good for you. And at the same time, you can fall on the other side of the track of like, so God doesn't have anything to say about my emotions. And Scripture is really clear, no, God has a ton to invest in us and to help us see and to help us cope with what's happening around us. And so that's what we're going to look at today. But before we dive into what God has to say, I want to do a little bit of myth-busting about our emotions. Because there are a lot of myths within the church that if we keep those rocks there, they're going to get in the way of what God is trying to do through us as his kids. All right, so Christian myth-busting number one. If you experience negative emotions, it's because you don't trust God enough. So you see this sometimes within the church. I know growing up, there was this temptation for me. When someone would ask me how I was doing when I came into church, my response was always, I am blessed. Right? My house could have been burning down. I'm blessed. My car could have just broken down. I'm blessed. I could have just been dumped by my girlfriend, 17-year-old Josh. His heart had been torn out from his chest, and my response, because I thought what God wanted me to say was, I'm happy even though I am bleeding out on the ground. No, I am. Ble-. That is a myth. That if you are Christian, you don't, you're not supposed to experience negative emotion. And there is no greater example of that than Jesus. So let's just go through a couple of examples really quick of Jesus and some of his emotional states. Right? When Jesus encountered the death of his friend, Lazarus, Jesus wept. One of Jesus' best friends died. And it's the shortest verse in the Bible and he weeps. That was not a fun emotion. Jesus, like us, when he experienced death, grieved and mourned and had an emotional response to it. And what's more, Jesus knew he was going to bring him back to life. He told his disciples days before then, you're going to see God's glory through this death. He knew he was going to bring Lazarus back. And even then, when he encountered death, he wept and he cried. Just like when we encounter the death of loved ones and people we care about, we emotionally respond to it. But it wasn't just weeping, no. When Jesus encountered injustice within the church, When the church was getting in the way of people connecting to God, he made a whip out of cords and drove all the temple from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, Get out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. He was angry because he saw injustice in the world. He was furious that people were getting in the way of connecting to god so he wasn't just angry i mean he literally makes a whip this this is next level right this isn't just sending a tweet out this isn't just you know talking behind someone no he goes the extra distance and drives people out of his house because he's furious and when jesus was scared about his future And the night where he would be betrayed, where he would be tortured and eventually murdered, he was scared. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Another gospel account in Luke accounts that he started to sweat blood. That only happens when you are so stressed that the capillaries in your body start to burst. And so as you sweat, you literally start to bleed. It is one of the most intense feelings of stress and sorrow and overwhelming you can imagine. And when Jesus experienced that, when he was scared, Jesus was fully human. Yes, he was fully God, but he experienced all of human emotion like we do. And God did not look down on him because not all of his emotions were, I'm blessed. I'm okie-dokie. Myth number one. Myth number two. The Bible can fix all of your negative emotions. Okay, maybe you're going to have them, but he can immediately fix them. Y'all the Bible is full of some of the most island of misfit toys you have ever read about. Murderers, adulterers, whiner babies, right? The people that God used, the apostles, all of them are literally from the island of misfit toys. And he doesn't just wave a magic wand and say, if you follow me, I'm going to fix all these immediately. Yes, you're going to feel it for a second, but don't worry, it's going to go away. Some of them lasted decades. And how far their emotional turmoil would take them. Being a follower of Christ does not negate your, emotional, your negative emotions, and it does not immediately fix them. And last but not least, This idea of faking it till you make it. That's what God wants. Okay, yes, you may have these negative emotions, but you just have to play pretend. Play pretend long enough and they'll go away. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times where you may not feel like loving your neighbor and God is still calling you to love them in action. Sometimes our emotions lie to us and God is calling us to do something even in spite of them. So there is an aspect of just do it because you know it's the right thing to do and God will sort out the back end. But that's different than plain pretend. That's different than saying my emotional state isn't real. And so I don't have to do anything about it. That is not biblical. That is not what God is about Our God is about truth. I am the way, Jesus says. I am the life, Jesus says. And I am the truth, Jesus says. Jesus doesn't ask us to play pretend with our emotions. Jesus said this to his disciples. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, truly you are my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. God does not ask you as his followers to pray pretend about how you feel. He doesn't just leave you there. He doesn't just abandon you there. He doesn't just say, so this is your reality, so suck it up, live with it. No, no, he does provide a way out, but he wants us to live in truth. He wants us to live in reality. Whatever emotional state we're in, he wants us to be present in that. And then he gives us opportunities to process it in a different way. So, so if those are the myths, where where do we start with truth? Well, this one seems... I don't know what it seems. Regardless, painful emotions are a natural response to an unnatural world. The story of Scripture is we were made for eternity. We were made to love each other perfectly. We were made to love God perfectly. We were made to love this world perfectly. We are all meant to live in harmony together. That was how we were naturally built. Now, we allowed sin into the story. We rebelled, and there was a consequence to that rebellion. Creation itself started to fall apart. That is the Genesis story. All of a sudden, our relationship with God gets broken. Our relationship with each other gets broken. Our relationship with our world gets broken. Our relationship with ourselves gets broken. That is an unnatural state. And so it makes sense that we experience painful, negative emotions when we encounter that unnatural state. That is a healthy response to pain. That's literally how our body is made, right? If, if we feel our hand getting hot, it's our body helping us realize, stop touching that thing. And you see this throughout all of Scripture, but probably most acutely in the book of Lamentations. Right. The book of Lamentations is one giant lament. It's the prophet Jeremiah looking at a broken world and saying, There is something wrong. And he laments it. It is a painful emotion that he's not just asking himself to go through, but that his whole community goes through. It's just a little piece. This is why I weep. And my eyes overflow with tears. No one is near to comfort me, no one to restore my spirit. My children are destitute because the enemy has prevailed. The book of Lamentations models a painful emotion. That the prophet, that this follower of God is trying to process, not just individually, but corporately. Something unnatural is happening in creation, and it's causing pain and destruction and injustice and death. And so the natural response to that is to lament. Lament. So if those are the myths, and if, if this is the truth, and if I just left it here, life's hard, get over it. If that's where the Bible left it, this would be a fairly depressing sermon series. It's certainly a uh, topic, but it isn't. There is good news, and y'all, it is very good news, even in the face of hurt and pain. First and foremost, we have a God who is willing to be present in our emotions, A God who not only does he not say, don't play pretend. He says, I want to be with you here. I want you to bring that to me. Whatever that is, whatever the motion is, fear, anger, indignation, perplexed, all of it, he wants us and not only wants, but invites us to bring before him. When you read through the Psalms, most of which are written by David, whose scripture says is a man after God's own heart. Again and again and again, he pours out his heart to God. He models for the church, for the people of God, a way to bring before him all of it. That's why we had that reading from Psalm 62. Trust in him at all times, you people, Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Y'all, it is good news that we have a God who says, bring to me whatever emotions you have right now. And that's not just the negative stuff. When you are celebrating something that God has given you, a new job, a new accomplishment, when you create something beautiful or see something beautiful, to give thanks, to pour out your heart in thanks, is also the invitation. And, and it's part of how we as Christians grow. Sometimes it's the break in case of emergency emotion, right? When things are hard, when it's out of our control, then we'll go to God sometimes. But, but when things are going really well, it's easy to forget. And yet one of the best ways, one of the healthiest ways that we as his church, that we as his children can live with him and abide with him and remember him is to bring it all. You know, Eric and I, we had a really awesome vacation. And we spent the mornings and the evenings just giving thanks. And we weren't perfect at it. It wasn't like every moment by moment. But just people said, God, thank you for letting us swim with sea turtles. That's awesome. That's awesome. And we had some negative emotions where we had to be like, God, you know what? I'm really frustrated with this experience or this person or with myself. But the invitation is there that we get to pour out our hearts to him, the good and the bad. And y'all, that is good news. And why is that good news? Because he is not just an emotional counselor. He is a God who is active, a God who is strong. That's why the Psalms continues to go on. That we have this foundation that is stronger than whatever emotional state we are in. That is more stable than whatever emotional state we are in. Because while our emotions are real, while our emotions are a gift from God, our emotions are not stable. Your best day will end. Your worst day will end. But the God that we have, the God who is inviting you into a deeper relationship with Him, transcends all of that. Again, the Psalms continues on, "Surely the lowborn are but a breath, and the highborn are but a lie. Surely whatever state you are in rich, poor, powerful, weak, influential, it's all but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. So do not trust in extortion or vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, don't set your hearts on them. All that stuff is temporal. But one thing God has spoken, and two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, O God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. Power, it's all his. He's stronger than whatever emotional state we are experiencing right now. And that unfailing love, that's Hesed. It's that word we talk about a lot. This unstoppable compassion God has for his people and this world. This unfailing love that is unfailing in fear, in the face of injustice, that wraps its arms around us when we are acting like a five-year-old kid, screaming, terrified. It just keeps saying, I love you and I am not done yet. And that is a foundation that transcends our emotional state. Which then brings us to the way beyond what I'm going to call the porcupine and the snapping turtle. These are two categories of people of how we respond to emotions. And these are not the only two categories. I am using a very broad brush, but I think most of us fall in one of these two buckets. I don't know which one you are. Maybe you are the porcupine. And when you feel emotional, emotions that are negative, you become very prickly, very, very, very quickly. You probably have met someone like this. You may be this someone. Where you feel hurt, you feel slighted, and your initial response, the first person that touches you, whoo, ha, that, that, that Snap back quick, right? Negative emotion means negative output immediately. Some of us are like that. Then there's the other category, and this is where I fall into it. This is where I struggle with processing. I'm a bit more like a turtle. I feel a negative emotion, and I don't attack. I retreat. I go into my shell, and I hide from that emotion. I pretend that emotion doesn't exist. But here's the thing about the snapping turtle. You poke it long enough, it snaps back, and it snaps back hard. Snapping turtles will take off fingers, right? Because the reality is all of us process emotion. And whether or not you are the porcupine where you feel something negative and you immediately respond with something negative, or you're more like me and you just want to turtle and avoid it, eventually you are going to have to process it. And if we don't process it in a healthy manner, we are going to hurt someone. We're going to hurt someone we love. We're going to hurt someone who cuts us off in the street. We're going to hurt ourselves. Every single one of us is an emotional being, and eventually... That emotion is going to get processed either in a healthy way or an unhealthy way. And again, I am not advocating you just need more of Jesus, and that's the only thing you need to process negative emotions. At the same time, though, you do need more of Jesus, and it will help you process negative emotions. And this is the last good news. That... He offers a way to process those things. Whichever side of the equation you're on, whichever bucket you tend to lean into, we have a God and a Messiah who not only solved our eternal problem when it came to sin and death, but he invites to help us process our here and our now. Jesus says this to his disciples, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We have a Messiah who invites us to say, bring it all. Bring all of the baggage, bring all the slights, bring all the fears, bring all the challenges, bring all the joy. Bring it all to me and I will give you rest. So how do we do this? What, what does this look like? Right, these, are, these are good news. These are promises of God, a God who loves us and a God who cares. What do we do with it? What does that look like? How do we tangibly do this thing? Well, we're going to practice. We're going to end by praying through this section of Scripture. So I'm going to ask you all to get a little comfortable. Loosen up if you guys are at home. Get your feet up on a pillow, however it is that you get in a good position. We're going to spend a little bit of time in prayer, coming before our God and being honest about where we're at. I'm going to kind of narrate through the scripture as we read through it, but then spend some time pouring out your hearts to a God that we have. I invite you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to take you up on the invitation to come. right now, we want to come with our emotions, Lord, things that can seem so unruly or even unspiritual, Lord, we admit that we still have a sin problem. We still have distorted thinking and distorted emotions that don't let us see the world as you do. And Yet, Lord, we are grateful to still receive the invitation even in that state. Lord, you told your disciples, come to me, all who labor and heavy laden. Lord, there are heavy emotions on our heart. Are right, we come before you now thinking through our week, thinking through the areas where we have we find ourselves reacting from a negative response? I will give you rest. Lord, that is a promise. That is a promise that every single person in this room, every single person on this live stream needs to hear. Lord, the promise of Sabbath. Lord, and that only comes when we're able to stop playing pretend, but when we are able to bring all of us to you. Lord, where we don't have to carry the weight and the emotional burden of our families or our works or what's happening in school. Take up my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest from your souls. Lord, we pray that we can learn how to process our emotions with you in a different way. In a way that doesn't leave us reacting out of anger or fear. Lord, a way that doesn't have us clapping back at people and snapping at them and poking them because we feel hurt. But Lord, that we are able to process in a different way. Or that we can learn your method. Or that we can learn the way and the truth and the life. For my yoke is easy and your burden is light. Heavenly Father, Lord, let us hold to that promise. Lord, that when the weight of the world seems overwhelming, when the emotions and the injustice and the challenge, threatens to overwhelm us. Father, Lord, we pray that you help us see reality as it is. Lord, that you are not asking us to carry the world. You're not even asking us to carry our families or ourselves. Lord, you have done all the heavy lifting. Help us find peace and joy in that. Lord, we say this all in your Son's precious name. Amen. We now go into a time
0: of worship as we reflect and sing back to our Father.